unexpected, ongoing WTF. What happens when two people who've made achieving impossible dreams meet at a podcasting conference? Well, they become instant friends, obviously. Well, at least that's what happened for me when I first met this week's guest, Alan Seals. Alan, as you may already know, is my co-host for the brand new podcast, Was It Chance? The podcast about embracing opportunity and taking intentional risks for your creative life. It's such a pleasure to share this intimate conversation with all of you. It shows you a little bit of the behind the scenes of what it's like when Alan and I hang out. But it's a great conversation, and it's really focused on the person that Alan is, the kind, generous, loving person who wants to bring everybody up with him. As he says, a rising tide lifts all boats. Opportunities come in all shapes and sizes, and sometimes you have to make them for yourself. Alan is the global leader for Talks at Google and the co-founder of the Broadway Podcast Network. He is also the host of the Theater Podcast with Alan Seals, and he continues to create opportunities for himself and honestly for everyone around him. Alan says that every unexpected turn has led straight to a life-changing opportunity. Stay with us. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Brave Files podcast. Uh, We have a special, very special guest with us today uh, because I spend a lot of time, probably more time with this human Outside of of my humans, like the people who are in my household, I probably spend more time with Alan Seals than anybody else in my life. Really? I think that's true. I don't know if that's good or bad or just sad, but okay, continue. Why is it sad? Continue. Because they're they're way better people to be in the world. Okay. Well, you know, in the Brave Files world, we don't talk shit about ourselves. We lift ourselves up. We don't put ourselves down. Like Josh Groban. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Yes. It's potentially going to be a long interview, folks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Alan is my co-host for the Was It Chance podcast. He is a friend, a fellow podcaster. His own show is called The Theater Podcast. I always almost get that wrong with Alan. You need that part, you know. And, And I think this is very cool. Alan is, well, I don't, how do we say, you're, you're the talks at Google guy, but what does that I'm, mean? I was the original global lead of the program and uh, talks at Google, by the way, because if you say it too <laughs> fast, people think you say toxic Google. So it's talks <laughs> at Google, which is Ted talks for Google. For those who don't know, I was one of the original global leads. Um, now I co-lead with a wonderful, wonderful lady 
and we have built up this team. It started out as volunteers exclusively, and now it's going on 15 plus years in the company. And we're a small team of full-time people that do amazing, amazing interviews for the world. Yeah, really amazing. I regularly get, you know, text links like, oh, check this out when I interviewed Jane Goodall or, oh, oh, I interviewed him. What is it? Doesn't matter who it is. Uh, and I think you literally just like in the last hour finished an interview with Matthew McConaughey. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Your second, by the way, interview. my with second Matthew. with McConaughey, this time with Garth Jennings. He's here. He and Garth came to uh, promote Sing 2. Garth is the writer director of Sing 2, which, by the way, one of the best movies I've ever seen. Really love that movie. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe my kids and I will watch it this weekend. All right. So welcome to the Brave Files. Normally, I don't like chat back and forth in the intro, but I told you all this was going to be a really special interview. And also, Alan and I have a banter. It's a thing. If you like this thing, and I hope you do, you should also be listening to Was It Chance? (laughs) Where we do this thing. Was that Chance that you said that? (laughs) No. With other really cool people. And yes, that assumes we're really cool. I'm just going to go with that. But you have a really fascinating Brave Journey story, which I was instantly fascinated by within seconds of meeting you at a podcasting conference where we became instant BFFs. Tell me more. Tell me more about your own journey. Yes. Why don't you, why don't you tell me more? I mean, okay. you're, you were a theater kid, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So grew up as, as a wee lad um, singing and dancing and glee clubs choruses all while when i was eight my dad brought home my first our first computer and the first thing i did was unscrew it and unscrew the side and look inside and see how it worked because i've always been that kid the engineering kid who's like i i want to solve problems so you use both sides of your brain really well Oh, uh, con- constantly. And they're constantly in struggle because if I, if I, <laughs> because if they, if they go, if I go too far in the engineering side, then I miss creativity. But if I go too far in the creativity side, I, I miss like, I miss writing code. I, I'll, I wrote code as a full-time job for a while and it drove me insane. But as soon as I stopped and like, oh man, there was a logic and a, and a, a peacefulness to writing mm. lines of code that just work and do things and solve problems for other people. And it's just magic behind the scenes. So um, back to my journey. It's all about me. So the it actually what, is right now, which is right weird. This minute. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's odd. You're right? so used to trying to like get more airtime for yourself, and now I'm giving it to you. I no no because the best <laughs> the best in one of the best interviews I ever did was with Lori McCreary and her producing partner Morgan Freeman who you may have heard of. And so Lori and Morgan came in and literally, I timed it when I watched the footage afterwards, I asked one question to them at the beginning and 17 minutes later, I spoke again. They just talked and talked. I love their banter and I just let them talk. And that to me is a good moderator. You're doing a great job of that right now. Just sitting and listening. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. So so anyway, we don't have all the time in the world. So uh, went to college I wanted to perform. I wanted to go to Columbia. My mom said, you can act with a computer science degree, but you can't do computer science with an acting degree. So don't go to Columbia. Go to North Carolina State, which is where I went. Got a computer science degree. Came out of NC State. 
was a webmaster for a year, hated it, and then was a full-time actor. I quit, was a full-time actor for uh, for five years until 2007, writer's strike hits. That's when I moved to New York because why not move to New York, the hardest city in the world to live in, when there's no work to have. So cool. <laughs> that's what I did. I mean, you didn't uh, know that that was going to happen when you planned to move to New York. No, see, I was a working actor regionally and... I, that was when I started to have a break in performing. So I was based out of North Carolina. Right. And then and then when the writer's strike hit and everything slowed down, I had the break and the time to move. So that's when I did move. Yeah. And to supplement my income, because rent is hella expensive here in the city, um, I fell back on computers and then never left that world so my that's where my path diverged. So the people I had per- been performing with stuck around with uh, performing. I went on computer. I went to the computer side. Fast forward five years, I've got a couple jobs under my belt in computer science related in New York. Find myself at Google as an engineer, and so I'm at Google as an engineer. Immediately, one of my first days, I meet a mutual friend. Uh, at Google, who's like, oh, hey, I volunteer for this talks program. You should really check it out. And I was oh, like, wow. what is this? This is weird. And so I went, checked it out. It was a lot of scientists, technologists, authors, um, environmentalists. Um, nothing wrong with that. But, you know, very, uh, very left brainy kind of stuff. You thought you could bring in some right brain. And I was like, we need some right brain up in here. And so, yeah. like I said, my path had diverged. So I went computers. Other people went uh, who I'd perform- been performing with continued performing and some of them had made it to Broadway. So I had Broadway connections. And then eventually uh, a couple months into Google started bringing in whole Broadway casts and then quickly learned that the Broadway casts operate through publicists and marketing agents that represent those mm-hmm. shows. And then mm-hmm. those shows come in and they have individual celebrities in those shows that then represent more celebrities. And then they want to do more things. And it snowballed incredibly, incredibly quickly. And all of a sudden, I find myself a couple years into Google with this job offer to lead the team and unify all of these disparate volunteer teams that existed all over the company. And that's so how you... Came- essentially created a job for yourself in this space. What started as a volunteer thing you made so indispensable there, like we'll pay you for this. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about chance. I well, made yeah, I, I, made, I made that opportunity, you, right? You created, you manifested the fuck out of that. Right. So then I was up Fast forward a couple of years. I've been at Google coming up on nine years now. Jesus. So fast forward a couple of years and I'm leading the talks team and, you know, starting to get into a rut of missing the engineering side or missing the creativity or the creation side. And so podcasting was on my radar for various reasons. And I was like, I, I, I can't sleep. It's two in the morning, whatever it is. It's, <laughs> it, was, it was after midnight. And I was looking for interview style in-depth personal conversations with uh, big Broadway names just so I could learn about them and couldn't find anything that that was uh, that was actively releasing. I found a couple old things or I found things that weren't very good or being the tech nerd, the audio quality wasn't great, so I didn't want to listen to them. And then I it, it just dawned on me, hit me like a... a hit me like a light bulb. Ton of hit bricks. Me, t- it... 
came on uh, like a uh, light. A, was a light bulb? A ton of went bricks on? went off above my head. Uh, a light switch flicked. A light switch and <laughs> flick. And I said, "Oh, I could, I should just do this because I know these people. The people I want to yeah. talk to. I can. Yeah. They're just like a text away or a, a text of a text. Of, you know, mutual friends." And that's how I started immediately my podcast. I decided on the theater podcast as a name because that was the only domain name I could think of that was available. With Alan so, Seals. Well, the domain is not with Alan Seals, but oh, it is oh, okay. the theater, T-R-E and T-E-R, both were you available. Both. So, I, so I just grabbed them and I'm like, well, I guess in the morning I'm starting a podcast. So I did. And, and you did. I mean, that's, I love that. It's not far off of me starting this show where... I'd been intrigued with podcasting for a while and then, but I couldn't come up with the concept that I loved and I knew I didn't want a traditional business podcast and I'm like making dinner for the family and the concept came to me and I put down my knives and I, I went to my computer. I bought the domain. I put together a Google form. I went to Facebook. I was like, I'm starting this show. If you have a story, let's have you on the show. And I, but unlike you, I didn't know anything about the tech. I didn't have the connections. I didn't know anything about the tech. I didn't know how to attach a microphone to my computer. I did not know how to do anything. And I set a, a launch date of six weeks out and went, oh, fuck, I got to figure out <laughs> how, how to do a podcast. So, but what's fascinating to me about your story, you started it because you said, there wasn't anything like what I wanted, what I was looking for out there. So I created it. And mm -hmm. you had a, a great reception to it right away, right? Like people were like, yeah, I want to have, I want to have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because I found out very quickly through my experience with interviewing at Google is, is that the best conversations are literally just conversations. Yes. I used to I, I, actually bringing it back to today's McConaughey interview. Um, when I interviewed him the first time a couple of years ago, he, I, I actually dug up my old moderation, my old interview notes, and I was like, man, I used to prepare the fuck out of these things. And then today I wrote like five or six bullet points and, <laughs> and I was like, this is it. We're done. So Free it's, form. it's yeah. literally, yeah, it's literally like, and I tell people before we start recording, I said, let this go anywhere it needs to go. Don't feel like you have to stick to yeah. any particular talking points. Of course, we're going to cover the one thing you're here to talk about, but let's let it go anywhere it needs to go and that lets it takes people off their guard long enough to be like oh okay cool i don't have to worry about question and answer and question and, and you answer. get the and best then... stuff that's when you get the absolute best content all the yeah. time yeah but yeah. the the wtf of all of this journey is that <laughs> bring in that word i love it <laughs> as soon as i launched my podcast everything that i the reason I created my podcast was to find content that I didn't think existed. As soon as I launched my podcast, I realized how much else already out there was out there that existed that I could have and should have been listening to. How did and you miss it, I, Alan? Because there's a discoverability problem within the podcasting space, which is why I created the Broadway Podcast Network. So you, little tech nerd, you solved your own problem. You couldn't, you couldn't find these shows because they had an issue with discoverability and you were like, oh, I can fucking solve that problem. And essentially yeah. you, you said, uh, okay, wait, there's way too much competition out here now, but also I love Broadway. I want all these, I want all these shows to be successful. I'll just start a network. Well, I didn't, 
I still, I didn't and still don't think of it as competition because. No, I don't think it is because you all do well. Well, we all do well. And the same guest, if it's Heather Vickery or Matthew McConaughey or whoever it is, has has a different conversation on every different interview because of the host, because of the how the guest is feeling or whatnot. So it, it I don't think it's competition at all. I think it's it's, it's actually it's actually like we accentuate each other, if that's the right word. And then the pitch that I use all the time is a rising tide lifts all ships yeah, when sure. it comes to the business side of things, because just like the business of show business, it is a business podcasting as you know takes a buttload of time Indeed and it'd be it nice does. to get a dollar or two back so individually <laughs> most podcasts will never make enough have enough downloads to recoup individually but if how, you how do want... i get the brave files on a network that's making money <laughs> <laughs> we talk about that the, after the show start the brave network can Similarly you help me think, do that I absolutely can. Yeah. And it's it's about collecting similarly themed podcasts or creating them, right? And uh, so your demographics are all the same. And then instead of selling individual episodes and individual shows, you're selling whole weeks across an entire network for much more revenue. Yeah. And you, and you did just that. I mean, B- Broadway Podcast Network, BPN, which I should say our show together was at Chance as part of BPN. And... You have streamlined this process as a as a podcaster, especially as a new one, maybe, or as a struggling one, to have somebody say, it's okay, we got you. We'll do your website. We'll take care of your ads. We're hosting for you. We said, like, you literally make this easy plug and play. They just have to interview, right? That's mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, we've, we've got... I mean, especially when the pandemic hit, we had a studio that we let go of when the pandemic hit because, uh, by the way, we launched in October 2019. Five <laughs> months later, everything fucking shut down. So here we are. And also with a brand- everybody started doing more podcasts. Oh, God. There, oh, what is the number? I forget what the number is. There was like 70 something thousand podcasts were added to the iTunes directory in 2020. It's yes. really ridiculous how many people thought they could just get rich overnight. And <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, there's none of that. Yeah, there's none of that. Um, <laughs> Unless <laughs> no. you are already Dax Shepard, there is none of that. <laughs> or Jason Bateman, Will for uh, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. Yes. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, Smartless, great podcast. So, <laughs> I yeah the 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 monetization of all of it when you have like minded uh, listeners, which coincidentally are also this this demographic of cord cutters, which have been hard for people to target, and podcast advertising in general. Uh, has been statistically, I can't say that, has been statistically proven (laughs) to be more uh, convert better than traditional TV and radio. Because you can kind of zone out for TV and radio, but podcast ads, yes, there's the skip feature, but because it's in your ears, psychologically, you have a personal relationship with the person reading it. And you don't think about skipping as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's all sorts of business shit, but, you know. Okay, okay, so let's just break that down. A little bit more. You were like, if I can't beat him, join him. And you might have been able to beat him. And that's actually worth talking about. You knew how to be discoverable. You could have been the only theater podcast that anyone knew existed if you'd wanted to be. 
that's not really the kind of person you are, though. You are so much more about community and connection. And you love this industry. You love Broadway. Like, you love the theater. and You wanted to help it thrive, especially as all of these artists were out of work, right? Especially as the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the things that I most admire about you is it, it very rarely is like, how do I make Alan better? You're like, how can we make all of it better? And I'm, and I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable sticking my neck out like that. <laughs> what do it's you mean? weird. Well, to make it all about me, I, I just don't feel like that's fair. There's something inherently wrong about being selfish, I think. Well, and it's and, not necessarily selfish to want yourself to succeed. That's not selfish. But you saw an avenue for helping lots of people be successful. And given those two choices, you wanted to help the masses. Well, I don't I don't ever think I could be happy ultimately being successful at the expense of others. That's that's just I mean, until I just until you just asked that, I think that's kind of the crux of the issue, not issue, but my motivation is I don't want to do something. If if I could look back and take 20 people along my journey and help them be as success as almost as successful or as successful or more so as me, I feel like it's a reciprocal thing Absolutely. because if I, because if I can bring along a bunch of people, then maybe that, then that's a little bit selfish. If I'm bringing along 10 people with me, then they're getting opportunities. Like it's, it's, it's spreading spreading the opportunity because if they're getting opportunities that then they're going to hopefully think of me the next time they have something that can help them grow. I don't think that's selfish. I think that's networking, which is the way. And, and that's something that I've long said that I always appreciate. We sit on these, was it chance interviews and inevitably in every conversation you say to our guests, Oh, do you know so-and-so I want to introduce you. And you're not doing it because you want something back but that's just the law of the universe is by putting that out there. Those things do come back, but let's just, let's just go back. I don't, I don't think it's selfish to want to be successful and not necessarily help somebody else get successful. You know, you're like, it it would have been to their detriment. Well, no, it wouldn't have been to their detriment, but you, it's just not your nature. You wanted to help them thrive you wanted to see this industry rekindle a, a connection with podcasts and and fans and you know help it thrive and grow but how 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 do you do that like how do you just build a network you mean emotionally or technically i, I mean neither i mean i don't need to know the tech of it but like what steps did you, did you go, okay, who do I know that can help me do this? Or like, how does this start? Yeah. So one of the things I learned early on in my tech career to, that's been advantageous for me is to admit that you don't know something and ask for help. It's a strength. So it's, yeah, it is a strength. It's not a weakness. Yeah. It drives me insane when people try to cover up the fact that they're not meeting deadlines for whatever reason, you know, because they are they're afraid people are going to think less of them. Like, no, if you let us know ahead of time, you're going to miss your deadline. Then let's work together and overcome it. That's called problem solving. So absolutely. Anyway, I was thinking, I said, all right, so I know the tech side. I know podcasting. 
I, I'm willing to learn these things, but where I lack all of this knowledge is on the business side and, um, the ultimate, like the true, I, I was going to wing it in the Broadway space, but I knew that I, that I needed somebody a little bit better to, um, to help make the connections that I didn't know about. And so fortunately I found someone a lot better <laughs> than, than me in that, <laughs> that respect. So at that point I had just met Dory Berenstein, who was the lead producer on the prom on Broadway, which is now touring all over the, the country and the prom musical.com. Get your tickets now. And <laughs> I saw the Dor movie. Oh, yeah. She was, she was involved with Ryan Murphy too with Netflix. Yeah. So I met Dory and this was just after I had had started my podcast. And and I said, oh, I don't have a producer. I've never had a producer on my podcast yet. That's the side of things I don't know very much about. So as I was researching her for my episode, I you know I just wrote her. And I said, Would, do you mind if I interview you? And she was gracious and lovely. And as I was interviewing her, I was like, holy crap, this woman has done everything. She is one of the most powerful people and slash nicest people that everyone wants to work with in this business. I mean, outside of theater, she is one of the primary people responsible for the dirty dancing movie being made. If you watch the movies Wait, who made us, what did you watch? Did you watch the, the movies that made us on Netflix? No, but now I have to watch that. The movies that made us dirty, on Netflix, dancing? the dirty dancing, the, the, the episode about dirty dancing. She's interviewed in there because she was one of the production team. She's part of the production team that that produced dirty dancing. And she told me this fun story. Side note that uh, uh, she was part of the, the discussion that they were going to go with somebody else, not Patrick Swayze. And she was part of the team that convinced the director to go with uh, Patrick Swayze. So there you go. Good call. Um, She's got good well, instincts. Right. So as I was gearing up to interview her, I said, hey, I sent her another email and I said, hey, I've got this crazy business idea. I would love to run by you if you have a few minutes after the interview. And so we uh, we you distracted me with your text. <laughs> I don't text it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't text me. <laughs> like we're literally just two of us right here. Why'd you text me? Because <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt, but I didn't want to forget. I was um, just texting Alan so that I had a record of it saying we need to interview Dory on Was It Chance? Yes, we should. And that'll be yeah. an easy get. I, I know her. I, I know Dory. <laughs> you, you, you know um, how to get into that? Okay. I know how to get in touch with her. And so, uh, yeah. So, so anyway, long story short, I went and interviewed her. We ended up talking for like an hour and a half, two hours after that first interview, just I pitched her the whole idea about podcasting and bringing everyone together. And I've got all these big aspirations for the network still that we are still in the process of implementing. And she just loved the idea. She's a huge podcasting fan in general because she listens to podcasts all the time. And literally, this, we had never met before. I mean, we had met once before very, very briefly. But like the first time we talked, talk one on one was that interview and then left that evening like starting a business together it was absolutely incredible talk about embracing chance yeah right i mean it's not a it, it's not unlike us like it's a very similar story except that she's a badass and i'm a badass you're a badass different. no it's something there's something you said to me in i think it was our first episode of was it chance which is it was just the two of us where we explained how the hell we knew each other and why the hell we're doing this uh you said that there was you follow energies that pull you 
from your solar plexus, right? Yes, and I do. and then the bad things pull you from like the back my of neck, your neck. The back they of pull my you neck. away. Yes. And so this is one of those things. Ever since you said that, that stuck with me because that's one of those things where I'm consciously now trying to to look for those moments and and, and leaning into them. And looking back on where I am now and why, one of the moments was meeting with Dory and having this conversation with her and I was like this this makes sense. I know this makes sense. We have to do this. And obviously she had the same yeah. <laughs> the same kind of thought. Oh my gosh. That is an amazing story. And I love I love the intuitiveness of that. Like it needs some support. Oh, you. And and that's when we share things we're excited about, we amazing things happen because people go, "Oh, I I love that. I want to be part of that." Or like I hear you say all the time, that's such a great idea. I should introduce you to so-and-so or whatever. And when we're passionate, so many cool things happen. I just love creating, putting two people together to create things that didn't exist before. So, you know, specifically uh, the other day, the, the episode that with um, where we interviewed singer Lauren Yelenkovich, who's one of the lead <laughs> singers did. for Yanni. Or was it Chance? Or was it that Chance, That episode right? is not released yet, but it's coming soon. Yeah, it's coming soon. Um, she she is an opera singer, um, classically trained. I want to get her in touch with Megan Paterno, who was the one of the longest running Christine Dyes and Phantom on Broadway, because the two of them together could do some amazing work singing Disney songs, which is a passion that I know both of them have. And so like these little these little moments, it doesn't make more work for anybody. It, it, well, me, right? I'm always very busy. So I'm always I'm not trying to do anything that makes more work, but it doesn't take any effort just to shoot off a text or an email and say, hey, do you mind if I introduce you to so and so? I think you guys would get along. And then if nothing happens, they're right back mm. where they were. But then something great can come out of that that you that you are responsible for. I love that feeling. Yeah, that is really cool. And you hit on something that I think is so important. And sometimes people miss this step. Yes, connecting people, being a connector is incredible. It's a wonderful thing to be known for, but always ask permission first for all of the people involved. Don't just mm-hmm. blind connect or introduce because we don't know if, if they're into it, if they're not into it, if they have the time for it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that you said that. Because I, I think, I don't know that people think about that. Well, yeah, yeah, you have to. I mean, it's respecting people's privacy. And now there's so much now. And my, my kids are in school and they're young. And part of their curriculum starting in second grade, I think, is being a good online citizen. So what is that? <laughs> wow, the world is different than when I was right? little. <laughs> right. So don't bully people. Know yeah. how to protect your privacy. I'm so glad don't... they do that. Yeah. Well, it's super important because there's so much cyberbullying that like that as parents, like now we're of a generation where if I wasn't as techie as I am, I, I wouldn't know about TikTok and and Venmo scams and all sorts of other things that are really dangerous out there. Because, really? you know, you hear about the, the things that that we grew up with when the Internet became popular. It was like, I'm a prince and I've got 10 million dollars. <laughs> I need your bank account so I can. <laughs> transferred 10 percent to you now what obvious yeah right right yeah yeah so there's tons <laughs> of pitfalls anyway um yeah so that's i don't know where i was going with this but i like to talk i don't really know where you were going with it either um so you connected with dory and you, you started this 
How how many shows did you launch BPN with? 15. How many do you have now? 139. And how long has that been? Just over two years. Yeah. Two years and some change. Two months, two and a half months. That's really cool. Well, Dory is one of those people too. We both work very well in this way. Um, much to the chagrin of our general manager who manages the finances. But we're both <laughs> like, well, well, yes, let's uh, let's just do this. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. And so we've done radio comedies. We've done an original soap opera. Um, we've done meta podcast podcasts about podcasts. We've done a podcast about Broadway, about building a show for a Broadway network. Like we're always trying new things. Are you building this unique content? Are you seeking people out and saying... Hey, do you want to start this show? Or are they coming to you with their ideas and saying, we want to be part of the network? Both. Always both. We've gone, when, right when we launched, um, there were a select few people that we quietly went to and beforehand. And we said, we want you to be part of our initial launch because we want we have some originals um, that we want to make for you. We want to do the soup to nuts. Like you show up to our studio, we'll help you book guests and you just be your funny, awesome self. And so we still got those running. And then as soon as we launched and the big press release went out and the Associated Press picked it up. So we got national coverage about it because we were the first of our kind. We just had we were inundated with submissions of people pitching new ideas and existing podcasts that at that time we still didn't know were out there because they didn't know how to market <laughs> themselves. And I think Spotify now has gotten much better with discoverability and recommending like podcasts, but Apple still, I think is falling way behind. And that's why mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Spotify is chipping away at the Apple market share of podcasting by leaps and bounds every year. Now it's becoming an exponential, this exponential growth because Spotify is pouring tons of money into they podcasting. are, but it's still a vast, vast difference. Like mm -hmm. way more people listen. It's shocking how many people listen on Apple podcasts. But when I share my links, I almost always share the Spotify link because Android users don't want an Apple link. Mm -hmm. They feel they feel very passionate about it, partly because they can't listen to it. But um, yeah, no, that's fascinating. And and when somebody joins the network, like, do they have to pay to be part of the network? What happens? Mm -mm. No, we we flip. Like we, we have a quality control that we go through and make sure that of course it's content that is relevant and that the, the, the host and the show are both people that, um, that we feel are, are have growth potential and, and then we, we take care of all, all of the finances. And so whatever we spend on the show gets, goes against the, the revenue that comes from that show based on their love, number of downloads. And then that number, the, the amount gets deducted. Um, and it just keeps getting deducted until all the expenses are recouped, which normally doesn't take very long. And then we, we have a rev split that kicks in. That's really cool. How do you think... Broadway Podcast Network has affected the the theater community and the theater fans. What kind of difference has it made? Um, more than I think, it, more than I give it credit for. And I only say this. I say this now because today is this today's a Friday when we were recording. I had a voiceover class on Wednesday that I went to. My first class I've taken in probably a decade. It was wonderful, and. 
when we were introducing ourselves, someone introduced, someone else commented that like, oh, Alan, I introduced myself and I'm like here in Brooklyn, blah, blah, blah. And someone said, oh, he also co-founded the Broadway Podcast Network. And someone else was almost fell out of their chair. <laughs> and they live in Oakland and I in California. And I, I was like, what, what? And she goes, oh my God, I'm so starstruck right now. I said, what? What? <laughs> Because I listen to so many podcasts on the Broadway Podcast Network. I love theater. I love musical theater. This is so amazing. Like, and and that's cool. We went, we did an end of year data analysis, you know, a couple of weeks ago for twenty from twenty twenty one. I forget what year we're in now. And twenty twenty two now. Yeah, that's. I a real was thing. looking at all of the countries that we've been downloaded in, and. Two things that really surprised me. One was we've had one download from Antarctica. Yeah. So somebody in a science station in Antarctica is listening to musical theater themed podcasts. Or theater You gotta themed. find your fun where you can get it, man. Right? And then the other thing was there are Middle East countries like Jordan and Chad and Qatar and these yeah. places that are very, very conservative that have a very high listener rate. Yeah. So that's that fun. and that's one of my and favorite China, things to see and too. China, where all of this stuff is is prohibited, right? Like, and Russia, Russia was another big one where it's still illegal to be gay. You've got these countries wow. that are reaching our our content because we put it all in one place for them to find. Right. There's an actual and there's an app as well, so you can listen through that app. It's probably harder mm -hmm. to to block. Yeah. There's the app. There's the web. Um, and then, of course, uh, Network.com is the web. But then all of our podcasts are available everywhere you find your podcast. So whatever works for you, wherever you are, Spotify, That's Stitcher, cool. uh, Apple, Google Podcast, whatever it is, we make sure that it's as accessible as possible. That's cool. I constantly wonder how you could possibly do all of the things that you do. It never ceases to blow my <laughs> mind that we have a podcast together that you make the time to have a show with me. I've never known anybody who does as many things as, as you do. And I, I don't, I don't like to assume cause that makes an ass out of you and me. Uh, no! There's my dad joke for the day, but I have to imagine it's because you are absolutely passionate about what you're like. I don't think you do things you don't want to do. No, no, I don't have time for that. Anybody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, and, uh, and that's that's like that's the Marie Kondo of work, right? If it doesn't spark joy, don't do it. Throw it out. And, and so you're willing to work crazy hours just because you love all the things you're doing. Because it's not work for me when I can when I can at the end of the day, you know. I'll, I'll finish my thought. What uh, at the end of the day when I can look back and say, "Wow, okay, so I've put out this content with McConaughey." And we talked about the inspiration behind this movie with the director, Garth Jennings. And so we actually got into this big, deep thing about how many kids, mine included, want to get into instruments now because they're seeing animals, you know, this movie that they're watching yeah. over, and over again play instruments. So like they're, we're leaving, I love leaving this little trail of inspirational content behind for people to discover while oh, I forgot my, what my other point was going to be. It was totally going to be amazing, but I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and just the fact that you you love you love what you're doing you're you're energized by oh, what you're doing yeah yeah that was it it's it's somebody said to me a, uh, a while ago that they said that they are envious of 
putting out all of these podcast episodes because my kids are going to get to learn about me and know about me in a way that as my kids, they will never, they, because they're too, they're too close to me. Mm. They're with me all the time as the dad, yeah. right? You're leaving so, a history for them. So I'm leaving a history for them to discover. And I, That's I, cool. I love that. I absolutely love I that. I love that too. How, how do you maintain, I, you can't, how do you maintain self-care? Like, how, what do you do to care for yourself when you, even though you love the things, when you are going all the time? A lot of it is seeing live theater. Um, I am yes. very fortunate enough to be on the Broadway press list now. So I, I have the opportunity to see many, many shows. And what what for me when i when i get stressed when i am feeling underwater the best thing for me is like a was it chance interview just something where it is it is fun i want to be there it is real and authentic and we dive into things with strangers that they've never talked about i love pulling I love brand that. new nuggets of information out of people and have them get excited about it. So whether it's a was a chance in an interview, whether it's this one right now, this is literally the the fourth thing I've done in podcast form today. I, I had my own theater podcast interview at 1230 and some other things too. So, but I, as soon as you texted me and you're like, you want to do this? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. I will always do this. Aww, so thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And <laughs> everything else, if it's, if it's not important, important enough to need to be done right now i then my mentality sort of is that it's okay to wait until yeah because if you wait then you've got a little more context you've got a little more experience to draw from maybe you talk to one or two people about your project whatever you're you're procrastinating on to get more context around it so specifically for me if i if i don't want to do something if it's that back of the neck feeling yeah then i then i either just let it sit for a second and it'll either go away, and it should, or it becomes a front of the chest thing because I've dis I've thought about something new. I've discovered something new. I found somebody else new to to take on one of the things that I'm not good at. So that yeah, the thing delegation, I didn't do, baby. Yeah, yeah, right. So just that. again, being instinctual. Well, that feels like a really nice segue into, and I'm excited. We have touched on this in Was It Chance, and you and I have talked about it on our own uh, many times. What? How do you celebrate all of the different types of successes when it feels like a win, whether it's personal, professional? How do you like to celebrate? I have a couple things. Um, I have become much more conscious of spending time with my kids without my phone or without a computer Love nearby. Love that. So celebrating for me is is instead of trying to get them to do things I think they would like just going and doing what they're already doing mm, and spending that. that spending that time with them. So that's, that's a form of family celebration. Um, of course, being there, uh, being with my wife, she's, she's very introverted and, you know, so like the kids and I are total goofballs and she's just over there and like, what the fuck is wrong with these three guys in my life? But I love them. Right? <laughs> no, the two of you ended up together. You are the most extroverted of extroverts that I have ever encountered in my life. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but I also like, uh, again, going to musical theater, talking, um, celebrating to me is really, although as I get older, celebrating to me is, is having quiet time because I used to always 
the extrovert and the extrovert in me wants to always oh, sure. be around people and yeah. all stuff. So now, especially <laughs> with two kids, two little kids, I'm like, you know what? I just want to have an hour where I just where I just sit and on my bed, listen to some music and and let an edible take its course. Yeah. Decompress. Right? Yeah. Decompress. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to celebrate, really. And when when you are in such a outward facing profession, I mean, all of the things you do are so they require so much extroversion. So much of yourself is out there. Finding the time to be still and to be quiet is so easily overlooked and so unbelievably valuable. You know what? It's going to sound strange, but take it where you can get it. And here in Brooklyn, uh, we we have a car and we have to abide by alternate side parking rules. So oh, wait. sometimes you have to sit in the car. So sometimes in the car. <laughs> but when I have to, sometimes if it takes me an hour or, you know, 30, 45 minutes, sometimes it's taking me up to an hour to find a parking space one time. That's my time where I'm by myself. I really, yes. I enjoy that. I can it play counts. music as loud as I want, or I can listen to that podcast that I've been waiting to listen to, or I can literally, I can call my parents. I can call my friends. I can call somebody while I'm looking around. So it's that time when you're forced, when times when I'm forced to be away to disconnect, I, I despise them because I don't like being disconnected. But at the same time, I've become very conscious about appreciating them. Yeah. I love that. And also the sit in your parked car, and check your phone or make a phone call or do something before you go in the house is a real thing. And uh, TikTok has proven to me that it's a global real thing, particularly for moms, but probably obviously for dads also. My kid, and every time I pull in and she'll watch me, my youngest, she'll watch me out the window. And then eventually if, if like it's longer than 10 minutes, she'll come out and knock on the window. Like, are you gonna come in the house? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just give me, a, just give me, a, I'll be right in. Just give me a minute. Give me a minute. I was <laughs> like, really appreciating not hearing your voice right now. <laughs> I love you so much. I was just, you know, doing some things. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, what is your favorite charitable organization to support? I particularly like the Miranda Foundation for obviously musical in, theater tie-in. As in Lin-Manuel? Yes, he and yes. his his father Luis, um, they started this, and and they try to build bridges between U.S. Latin America and the Caribbean, and they like to advance fairness and tolerance and improve intercultural understanding, and basically, like everything Lynn does is just kind of super swell. And Indeed, that's another dude. He's like he and I are exactly almost exactly the same age. If I get scruffy with long hair, people say I look like Lynn. So I figure, you know, take a little, take a little Lynn in your life. Have you Great ever interviewed Lynn? Lynn? No, I never have. Never have. That's got to be he's bucket one of, list for you. He's one of the elusive. You know, in terms of of bucket lists, who's your bucket list guest? By the way, I don't know. We don't have time for that in this conversation. <laughs> you have. Because, we made we made like dream interview lists for was right. it chance and I sent it to you, but um, now everybody listening wants to know and I I don't I don't have it readily available. So he's gonna come. He's gonna come one way or another. And I'm I'm doing some things now um, that I'll tell you off the air that are probably gonna come very, around very soon. Um, but I'm not worried about Lynn in terms of getting him as a guest. And like people that I would love to talk to are are the the non 
accessible change makers. Um, like McConaughey was actually uh, one of my one of my dream guests for a while, and still is. He's a great guy. I'd love to have him on as many great, times as you want. Great guest, yeah. But when it comes, like Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, oh people, yeah, you, you cannot know, people, interview Malcolm Gladwell without me. I refuse to let you. <laughs> okay. You know okay. what? Another another plug for was it chance? Uh we just interviewed the other day the guy who, Jim Jamiro, the guy who invented the Disney Channel. I know. That was so cool. How cool is that? So Created, fucking cool. Uh, yeah, incredible. It literally so, invented it, like came up with the idea and, and made then it happen. made it happen. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So so those are the type of people that are on my bucket list. It's people who have who have changed the world, left a legacy without people knowing their story. I want to tell their story. Yes. Everyone knows about Lynn. Everyone can look up Lynn. But how many people know the name Jim Jamiro? True story. Right? True story. The people behind the magic. I love that. That's right. Well, the Miranda Foundation is an incredible organization. They will be our charity of the week. And as I ask listeners every week, there are lots of different ways to give and support. You can just learn more about them. Keep them front of mind. If you've got time or money, social media shares or likes, give them a little bit of love. Obviously, Alan, you and I could talk like all, always, like it could just never stop. You want to start a podcast? We should start a, we should, should start we should start a podcast. podcast. Was it was a chance yeah. that we started a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it works out well for us. It's true. Um, will you share your three words with us one last time? Yes. Unexpected, ongoing, and WTF. What <laughs> so, the fuck? What? So you told us, you said, you know, to to explain WTF, which was funny. You were like, can that be my word? And I said, of uh, no, yes. And of course, that would be your word. You're first. Um, ongoing, I get, because we've just talked about you being the fucking Energizer Bunny, which is amazing. Tell us about what you mean when you picked the word unexpected. If you look at every time I took a chance and did something new, an unexpected outcome shaped it came out of it and it shaped who I am now. Mm -hmm. So I got a computer science degree and the job I got, I didn't like. So I sort of lied earlier when I said I quit. I got myself fired because I was a complete <laughs> asshole. So if I'm telling I've you actually first, done that before. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> that that was an unexpected turn that led me into into uh, performing full time. And what I didn't talk about initially was that I was outside building a fence in my backyard when I was recently unemployed at that point. And a, a contractor came over and said, hey, you look like you know how to use tools. Do you want to be my assistant? And so I supplemented my acting income being this contractor's personal assistant off and on for four years. So now I can repair whole houses and windows and doors and lot, you name it, I've done it. And so I've got this unexpected contractor skill construction set. skill set that I build on all the time. And it comes into the creation, physically creating, and then never expected to get to Google. I thought I, once I was at Google, I thought I would stay there as an engineer. Unexpected, I created this job that took me out of engineering that got me back to Broadway, which is... Mm -hmm. The theater where you wanted to be in the first where, place, where I wanted to be in the first place and started my podcast. And one of the things, one of the big unexpected things I found out after doing over 200 episodes now of my podcast is that I'm really glad I didn't make it on Broadway because that's a fucking stupid life. 
And <gasps> actors are the first ones yeah. to tell you that. Because yeah. while you're in your job, while you're working, you're always looking for your next job. Yeah. That is insane. And, yeah. and as yeah. an adult now, I'm so glad. Like, that's one of the unexpected things, right? And so then through all of that, met Dory, started the network. And through uh, through the network, unexpected Broadway production credits now. Now we're producing on Broadway. So... And it's the reason you showed up at Podcast Movement in Nashville and met mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So <laughs> unexpected. I mean, I guess I don't, I try to go into situations now without expectations. So I, love that. I guess by definition, everything's unexpected. But yes, just that's open. Why. You're just so open to all of it. I love that. This has been fun. Thank you for being my guest on the Brave Files and letting me put the spotlight on you a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know if you feel brave, but I think approaching life from a from a willingness perspective, a willingness to be open, to follow the path as it unfolds, and to want to take other people with you to help them be their best and have their best. Uh, to me, that's a, that's a brave life. It's uh, it's interesting. I'll give you that. But thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being here with me, Alan. Thank you. It's always so good to see you. <laughs> it is. All right, y'all. Uh, if you enjoyed that, you will definitely like Was It Chance? Uh, and I think you should check it out. You can find it where you're listening to this podcast right now. But... Hey, my little brave hearts, I love you. And if you did not already know this, there is this new fun feature on Spotify where you can leave a review. I would love for you to go to Spotify and leave a review for the Brave Files. It would mean a lot. It would fill my little heart with joy. I will be back next week with another story of somebody who has stepped out of fear and into bravery in a unique and unbelievable way. So until then, This is Heather Vickery reminding you today and every single day to go out and choose bravely. Hey, friends, I want to share something really exciting with you. We already know you enjoy listening to podcasts because you're listening to this one, but I'm also betting you enjoy audiobooks. And hey, listen, if you don't already enjoy audiobooks, then it's time to check them out. That's why I'm really excited to share Libro.fm with you. They are an incredible new platform for listening to audiobooks. And by choosing Libro.fm over other audiobook services, you are supporting a local bookstore of your choice and investing in your local community. Libro.fm offers over 150,000 audiobooks via their primary platform, which, by the way, they built with love and from scratch because they're a small business also. They even offer bookseller recommendations for great audiobook options. You can sign up right now via www.vickeryandco.com slash librofm. That's vickeryandco.com slash L-I-B-R-O-F-M. And when you do, you'll get one free audiobook of your choice and the proceeds will go to your favorite local bookstore. Now, check what I just said there. You're going to get a free book. And the proceeds are still going to go to your local bookstore because Libro.fm makes sure that their booksellers get paid even when they give a promo to customers. 
I've listened to over 20 audiobooks this year alone. I especially love listening to memoirs read by the author, and it feels great knowing that all of my purchases support my local bookstore, The Book Table, in Oak Park, Illinois. Libro.fm. The same audiobooks, the same price, but a completely different story. Check them out right now at vickeryandco.com slash Libro.fm. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Maybe you've had this thought and then quickly shut it down because who has the time? Or you don't know how, or gosh, it just all seems too hard. If you have something to share with the world, we want to encourage you to get your message out. The world needs to hear it. Did you know that 50% of all homes are podcast fans? If you've ever wondered about having your own podcast or how it can increase your business or get your message across, then please join me and the other experts from the Podcast Power Academy for our monthly free Q&A session. It's called, So You Want to Start a Podcast? This casual live conversation will help you understand how podcasting can be a great decision, why now is the best time to get started, and how to get into action with it. Visit podcastpoweracademy.com to learn more. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes and full episode transcripts, or to get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we would love to know what you think of the show. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery & Co. Success Coaching. Coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting, a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom delivered soundtracks. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to everyone on Team Brave from our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. Special thanks to Molly, Mary, Kim, Sabra, and Sabrina. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.